Hello and welcome into episode eight of the Stomp the Bus podcast. Uh, joining us is Bet Rivers. I don't even know his title at Bet Rivers, but Bet Rivers employee Connor Pelton, um, social media manager, Mark. Social media manager. Okay, he's the one who actually makes the Bet Rivers X Factor. For no, 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 it's important to clarify. I do not make the lines. <laughs> they, they don't let me do that. No. He, he, you're right, but he does try to make the lines, uh, and his name is Connor Pelton. He's here with us. We're going to be doing a college football gambling preview of the season uh, to talk about some of the interesting odds around the college football landscape. Um, so, Connor, come and, how about you introduce yourself a little more and uh, tell us about what you do at Bet Rivers. Well, thank you, Mark. I uh, graduated from the Arizona State University, where I that was a surprise. Took four years to learn how to do social media, and now I'm 100k in debt, and I'm putting it to good use at BetRivers.com. And yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Am I your first guest on Stomp of Us? Yeah, you are the well, number one. You know what they say: you never forget your first mark. You certainly don't. You certainly yeah, don't. Yeah, we have Glad a terrible have booking agent. Mark hasn't been able to see, secure anybody else yet, so it's. But it's great to have you. Thank you, Colton. Or should I say, Brock Suggs? <laughs> oh yes, that is a that is a that is a great callback to episode one. A day one listener, Connor. Yeah, dedicated listener. Probably so, our most dedicated listener. True. Do you think you never, never misses a net? Do you think you've hit your white men in their mid twenties quota, or do you think we can get a few more in here next week? Ooh, have a bunch of guys. Mark, on the Mark show. you take that one. You're the producer, booking agent. You're the Jackie yeah. Moon of this show, man. Well, we'll see. Not the most diverse show I've ever seen. <laughs> no. That's that's what uh, Mark went over that in our last production meeting. He's going to really emphasize that moving forward. So we're we're gonna we're gonna start doing our part. Don't worry. Yeah, definitely not an actual quota for that. Just to be super clear, Connor comes in stirring the pot. <laughs> right. right on. I should expect nothing else. <laughs> hey, you told me I could do jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you why did you give him free reign to just kind of introduce himself? You knew yeah. that was nothing. <laughs> that was my first mistake. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man. Then you're already doing PR damage control right off the bat. Hey, That's how we have gonna to. go. You gotta um, get ahead of it. You gotta get ahead of it. Um, Connor, Connor has been one of my uh one of my most seasoned acquaintances, him and I go way back in our acquaintanceship. Uh, a lot of crushing gambling losses together. Uh, but I have to say, I had one pretty uh, pretty enjoyable hot streak last March, during March Madness. And um, let this be a lesson that there's a reason all these sites market four-leg parlays as much as they do. Um because that's how they make their money, and I was their cash cow for quite a while. And it wasn't until Connor got me off of parlays and just sat me down and said, hey, make these as single bets. I'm betting 
what was it, Wisconsin. I remember the game well. Wisconsin-Purdue. Sure. It, it started oh, it was, with, yes. Big yeah. yeah. Tuesday night started the run of the century. So, uh, shout-out to Connor. Bet Rivers, X Factor. Responsible Gaming. It's the name yes. of the game. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, if you have uh, watched through these first uh, four minutes and 23 seconds of the show – uh, we'd love you to like and subscribe our YouTube video um, and to subscribe to the podcast that comes out on Apple uh, generally every Thursday of the week. It's what it's been so far. That schedule might change as the season moves along. Um, and before we get to the betting, the fun stuff, uh, we have some little news nuggets to talk about. Um, first one relates to the NIL front. And that would be on uh, on Monday, uh, ASU players released the Tempe NIL Club, which is different than the Sun Angel Collective. Um, the Tempe NIL Club is basically just straight up giving uh, money that goes like literally straight to the football team. Um, so it's another interesting venture. Uh, a lot of other colleges – or college football teams have come out with similar uh, type clubs where it's just the name of the city and then NIL club. So it, it's it must be coordinated through a larger uh, marketing company or something. But, um, Connor, I'll let you answer first. You're the one wearing the Sun Devil jersey. What do you, what do you think of this news? I think Tempe NIL club sounds like a pretty good sandwich. Hmm. <laughs> the crowd goes wild, like a club BLT mark. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. That one was a little too smart for the room. Yeah. Um, smart. Yes. Yeah. I honestly forgot we were recording. <laughs> Chemistry too natural. I was reading this walk-on thing, but yeah, that's that's funny because Ike is the one who started this new NIL initiative. So the Tempe NIL Club. Started by Ike. Um, Where does it say it's Ike? It's started by Ike. <laughs> Mark's, like, Mark's like frantically reading. How did I miss that? Uh, no, we're just sticking with the the, sta- the sandwich theme here. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. Wait, I should probably open the link <laughs> talking about it. Um... The the ratings on this episode might not be great, Mark. I apologize for that. Wait, hang on. I'm reading. They don't this. have to be great to beat what we've been doing. I don't ever read the, the content. I don't ever read the content before the show. I like my reactions to be natural in the moment. But that does make for some dead air while I am reading the content that Mark provides for me. Um, so let's see. Mark, have you ever seen the show Silicon oh. Valley? Oh. I have. Great reference. It looks a lot like Guilfoyle right now. If Mark and, and Jacob... He's trying to join the three comma, three comma club. Yes, sir. Did you just say you haven't seen it and then made a reference from it? No, I said I have seen it. Oh, okay. I was about to get upset. <laughs> he, he just scans the internet for references. He doesn't actually watch the episodes. Yeah, I just I just finished. Um, I think it's probably my fourth or fifth rewatch of Silicon Valley, 
And a very underrated scene is when uh, Big, uh, Big Head gets the, like, Big Head back. <laughs> and uh, Jared is like, oh, it's really good. It's fitting, too, because of your nickname. And Big Head's like, oh, yeah, because Nelson. And I, it's, <laughs> it's just, it just got me so good on the fourth time around. So excellent show. It is a great show. Well, but hopefully this Mark, is this what you were talking about? Where so there was Connor. Let me get you up to speed. There was an episode yep. where Mark said that um, he wanted an NIL platform for fans, where fans could donate so that he could be on mill after a game and donate money. Is is what I think you said, right, Mark? Well, I yeah, I use that as like a general example. Okay, so that's what this is, though, right? Well, it's it, it well, it's just a different it's just a different outlet of a. NIL like I think this is more run more like it's more it's more like connected to the football players like they all the players like tease it on Twitter the day before and release like videos uh, that are on the site actually of hey it's so and so from ASU football we'd love you to support the Tempe NIL club so I think it's like even more connected to the team than even the Sun Angel one is so Okay, uh, so it's most between like the team and the fans. So like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it would just okay. yeah. You could. I mean, it has the button on the site that says support now. So. Oh, I didn't even see that. Where's that? Yeah, at? it's oh, it's just another there. avenue for them to get paid. So. Mark, that's when is the uh, Stomp the Bus Collective starting? Uh, that's gonna be a while. Uh, <laughs> Stomp the Bus is. Has a very limited budget, so. Oh, so this is like this is almost like a Patreon. Yeah, yeah, kinda. Okay, because there's an online community, digital events with players, players get paid, player content, all of that stuff. Um, I mean, if they start doing NFTs, maybe I'll join. But NFTs, um, big NFT guy. Um, wait, but yeah, this looks cool. And Mark, I'm sure you'll lob your five dollar donation here pretty soon. Make a big um, and get involved. That way, you don't have to aggressively tweet after the game. You can get in this online community, and you, you and a bunch of other like-minded people can yell at each other. Well, it's not a message board. Yeah, it is. It says online community, right? I think oh, I guess it, it is a message. Board. Yeah, it is a message board. Yeah. Join members only message boards and chat. Yeah, right? I have okay. So yeah, that that might be more effective than Twitter, man. It's not about being effective. It's just about expressing your emotions, Colton. I feel that. I, hey, whatever whatever avenue you need, I support that. Whether it be Mill Avenue or something <laughs> completely different. <laughs> I lobbed it up, you slammed it home. There we go. So oh, we were roommates for three years. Connor was my James Jones. Um, <laughs> you know who I miss? Hang on, before we move on, shout out to Zach Williams. I wonder if he's listening. We get Zach on the pod. We should get Zach. Yeah, on. No, that would be, that would be hey, a real proposition. That, that would be probably the end of Stop the Bus. <laughs> I'd get a text from Mark almost immediately saying, we definitely can't post this. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe we don't get spawned on, but I hope he's doing well. I I've been thinking about him lately. 
So has the mayor of New York. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, if Zach Williams is still athletic as he was in college, maybe he's trying out for ASU football. Your segment is better every week. Wow. ASU football is asking for um, walk-ons. Yeah, so, in September. It seems a little late. Sorry, it's not loading for me. It said it's in September. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. on September 2nd. To submit all of the requirements, the first game is like September what? September what? The first game is the day, uh, I think it's, it's September 1st. Okay, so, so play the first game. Right, so you're just going to get some walk-ons on for like weeks three through whatever, like, if, if they make the team, obviously, it's it's not a, I mean, I think it would be pretty, like, there's no guarantee that somebody's actually going to make the team, but if they do, it's like, why do it so late? Why wouldn't they do this in, like, the spring? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. Maybe, maybe it's about just, like, it's probably just about injury depth and just having it guys still on special teams and stuff like that, because I think they're below the... 83 scholarship player uh, threshold. I right. think they're like, Weren't they below that threshold in the spring? Intentional, right, Mark? Yeah, but, well, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a tryout. Well, it's for walk-on, so it wouldn't even affect the uh, yeah, scholarship. Yeah, it wouldn't even be scholarship players. So, I don't know. I mean, it's cool. I'm sure all the guys who used to play football at the park downtown are excited, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I hope that ASU is not focusing on sports journalism majors for their. Hey, these were these were these were EXW majors, Mark. There's more oh, okay. than just journalism students at the downtown campus. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, those guys are those guys are probably hype. They're probably in like sixth or seventh year of eligibility. So hopefully they still have some wiggle room um, and they can get out there and make it happen finally. Yeah, I mean Connor. You live within walking distance of the practice field. You could take a stroll on over and uh, try out. Have you thought about that? Please refrain from doxing me for the duration of the podcast. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know, I don't know what position I would thrive in. Maybe cornerback, Colton, who discussed that. Um, You could be a pass rushing specialist, too. You're, really? you're fast and you're long. I think if you if you work on the finesse moves, your your club rip and and uh, your hands and really utilizing your ability, your elusiveness. I think you could really be sort of a matchup play at defensive end. I know you've been dying to talk about Vince Papali ever since Mark brought up open tryouts. So. Yeah, um, I think we're going to see more of the guys who, who showed up in the Cape than we will be Papali's. Um, but who knows, man? Maybe there will be a Papali, or maybe there will be some guys in Capes, but maybe they could they can play a, a, a nose tackle role for this team and really clog all the running lanes. Who knows? We'll see. Great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. I love that movie. Excellent reference, Connor. But yeah, 
Um, I'd say corner or some sort of outside linebacker for you. Place kicker, maybe. Hey, as long as hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, Connor. If you put your you come up with that quote. If you put your hours in uh, the film room and really focus on mental reps, they they won't be able to to uh, take the opportunity from you. And at least you'll get all the free stuff, which yeah. is what matters. Which is why which is why you play college sports to get all the free stuff. I can join the Tempe NIL club. Mm-hmm. There you go. And Mark Mark could Mark could support you. That's right. Make you rich, Connor. Thank you, Mark. There's something to explore. There's something to explore, I think. Yeah, so hopefully ASU doesn't have to call for um call for walk on tryouts a month into the season like Arizona did last year, so um but we aren't too far off, so that's that's how the football teams look in um, about a week into the first game here. Like, um, just like walk on. I didn't know there was like a designated tryout time for walk ons. Well, I don't like, think there is a designated time. I think it's just so if they're advertising it, they're like, please, we need bodies, come try out. Yeah, okay. I don't. I think it's just specific to any school and if they're even having it. So, um, yeah, makes sense. So we'll, yeah. So uh, taking a little break away from the football. Uh, talk. It was also announced this week that ASU's multi-purpose arena, that's most notably known as the uh, new hockey arena, uh, will be named the Mullet Arena. Um, which I was very confused at first, like why are they naming an arena after a hairstyle? But it was of course um, donated by two <laughs> two ASU uh, boosters. Uh, yeah, Donald, that was your first. That was your first thought, Mark. Why are they naming this arena after a hairstyle? I don't know why they would name it Mullet Arena. Oh, I'd never met uh, anyone with with the last name Mullet, but apparently Donald and Barbara Mullet um, are big ASU fans and a big enough fan to uh, donate money to get their arena name. So, wait, are these are these the people who like? Helped fund the um, the team, like being established and what they brought was it? hockey to the desert. Yeah, so <laughs> these are the people who really brought hockey to the desert. So, according to uh, Vice President for University Athletics Ray Anderson, quote: <gasps> "The Mullet family has supported Sun Devil hockey through every stage of its existence and expanded their support of Sun Devil athletics in the years since." In appreciation of Don and Barbara's commitment, we're thrilled to announce the Mullet Arena. So, they're big ASU hockey boosters, and now ASU hockey and the Coyotes have a sweet arena name. So, what you're telling me is they used to financially support the team, and then the team gave them a polo shirt. I guess. I mean, and and the name of an arena. That's cool. Some people some people like having their their names on buildings. Status something of- about the hockey team. Something about the hockey team giving people polo shirts. I, I don't. I don't get what you're talking about. So. All right. Another, never- another, ins- another super specific inside joke from Colton on the podcast. I love inside <laughs> jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. 
I it's not the best. I maybe it's because we have like six listeners, but I'm my target audience is Connor right now, and I have to shift <laughs> my focus to to a wider lens. Right now, all, all of my content is solely pandering to Connor, and it's making everything too niche. I think. I respect that. It's gonna do great in the Connor household. <laughs> all one of us. Yeah, we're we're a guest. We're in in the in the podcast community. They call us the guests podcast because of how well we take care of our guests. I love it. So, yes, tell your friends. It's like Rogan. Tell them more spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sorry you couldn't get Mark Schlereth on, but uh, the next best thing from Bet Rivers, Mike Ditka. Uh, now, Mark, come on, <laughs> have some respect. He's still alive. <laughs> no, I mean, have some respect for me. Oh. I was, for a second, I was like, wait, did Mike did to die? No, no, sorry, sorry. All right. He's not young, but so. he's still kicking it on the Bet Rivers grind. Still putting out content. Do one of your segues. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to do is he's kicking on the Bet Rivers grind. Along with Connor Pelton, who's going to help us go through some college football futures as the season is almost upon us. Connor, <laughs> you're the biggest college football fan I know. Um, wow. All right. Yeah, quite a compliment. What are, what's kind of a big theme that you're uh, looking towards uh, this season? Just kind of could be the Pac-12, ASU in general. What's something that comes to mind? I mean, there's a few Pac-12 win totals that I've been zeroed in on for months now. Okay. I don't know what it is. Maybe the bookmakers just overlooked this conference since it's kind of dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> but uh, there's some good value out there from what I yeah, I I like Arizona's win total. Of Colorado's, Washington State, a lot of good options. I'll save I'll save my big one for later. Okay, but yeah, I I just I love win totals, and I think there's a lot of value throughout the Pac-12 that tickles your fancy more. It does tickle my fancy. It does. <laughs> Lots of uh, underrated spots to get. Um, we could we could start out with um, Pac-12. Conference winner odds uh, right now on Bet Rivers. USC is the favorite at plus 200, followed by Utah plus 240, and Oregon slightly in third at plus 250. ASU is tied for the second worst odds at plus 4,000 with California or uh, Cal to win the conference. what are your guys' thoughts on that? I, I'm kind of surprised to see USC as the leader. I feel like at most places it's been Utah. Yeah, I'm actually trying to pull it up. Um, so I don't know how much help I can be right now. I'm looking for it. Uh, Connor, if you want to take this one, feel free. I know USC has made a lot of flashy additions this summer. I just don't see them going to the title game year one. And even if they get to that title game, beating Utah or Oregon 
don't see it happening. I don't think there's a lot of value there. I think something like nine and three, maybe ten and two is their ceiling this season. Yeah, nine and three feels like a very USC type season where they have some spots that they lose a close game or two, but ultimately they still show themselves as being a very good team, just maybe not good enough to win the conference. Colton, what do you, what is uh, stands out to you on the Pac-12 conference winner odds? Well, it's from the odds makers' perspective, it's really just a a three man race here, a three team race. Um, beyond Oregon, the drop off is plus a thousand with UCLA, so they don't really see some outside team coming in and some long shot coming in and taking it. Um, I don't know. It's 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 weird because this conference in the past has always been. So it's why we've seen such few teams from the Pac-12 contend for one of those playoff spots um, because they they kind of implode. They beat each other so so badly to the point that there isn't one team that comes out. And with the uh, the divisionless sort of structure implemented, um, I think it makes sense that it's really top heavy because you're not going to get one of those teams from like the South or something like that. Like obviously USC and Utah are the top two teams or like, you know, it, you had to have a team from each side come and play for it, but now you won't. Ah, I don't know. I think that disparity between the top three teams and every other team after that is, is, is pretty jarring. You know, it's kind of, it's hard to find that value when everybody else is so far behind. Um, it's just going to be which team takes the leap. If you're looking at a dark horse, um, I don't know, UCLA under Chip Kelly, I feel like has always been a perennial underachiever. I don't know if they're going to be that team. I, I feel like for whatever reason, and it's not just because Connor is on this show, Oregon State is what jumps out at me. If you're looking for like a Hail Mary long shot, somebody that could be around at the very end, we talked Plus about 3,300. Yeah, how much they've improved. Um, and they could, if a couple things go their way, they could maybe make some noise if you're looking for a team that isn't in that top three. Um, but out of that top three, I don't know. It, it's not like you're looking at it and you're like, oh, I feel like it's obviously USC has all the talent. Um, they could very well do it. Maybe that talent just wins out. And they're, I, I agree with Connor in the sense that like it'll be tough to do it when one or year one. Um, but that roster is, is pretty talented and that, that I, I keep thinking of, um, his name is blanking me, but won the Blitnikoff at Pitt transferring to USC. Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison. I keep thinking of Jordan Addison, um, Oklahoma court, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. And obviously we talked about the marquee names and everything like that, but I feel like USC, if we're looking at these top three teams, um, might just take the conference by storm and, uh, you know, leave everybody in the dust on their way out. Uh, so if I'm going chalk, I'll probably just go USC. But if I'm looking for a long shot Hail Mary, uh, at the odds, with the odds the way they are, I think I'm looking at Oregon State. Yeah, definitely for me, I would go with Utah plus 240. That seems – I'm kind of surprised they're not the favorite. Um, so that's good value. And then in terms of a long shot, yeah, ASU I think can do better than people think from a wins and losses record, but I don't think they can win the conference. Um, I think I would go with Oregon State too at, uh, plus 
plus 3,300. They have a great winning game. Um, And Jonathan Smith's a great coach. Defense hopefully will be average. Uh, (laughs) So we'll see about then. I think Wazoo at uh, plus 2,500 is a good wild card just if Cam Ward turns out to be incredible. Um, So, yeah, Connor, what would be a dark horse Pac-12 champion winner that you see from – List. What's Washington at right now, Mark? Washington is at plus one thousand. I I really like that number. I think I mean I bet it today over seven and a half wins. That's my Joe Biden student loan forgiveness lock of the season. <laughs> Putting all ten thousand on that. I mean the Huskies open with three non-conference games at home. Then they get Stanford at home. They don't go on the road until September 30th. I mean, this was a pretty talented team on paper that was just, like, decimated by its coaching staff last year. And, yeah, I I think they can make some serious noise. The schedule, the schedule really opens up for them. They do have to go to Eugene and to Pullman. But win one of those, I think they – Think they could sneak into the conference title game, and then at plus a thousand, like it's worth a flyer, worth a flyer for sure. But yeah. hammer over seven and a half wins. Okay, so. he's giving he's giving away money, folks. Giving it away. Wait, where are you guys? Where are you guys seeing the the totals for like wins? I'm only seeing conference winner. Um, you have to go to individual teams, so you got to scroll down. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so. I'm thinking before we get to ASU, let's talk about maybe two of the national topics, the national championship winner and then maybe the Heisman winner. Uh, shockingly, Alabama is the preseason title favorite at plus 125 to win it, followed by Ohio State at plus 250 and Georgia at plus 450. Um, Clemson is fourth at plus 2,000. And USC and Texas A&M are tied for fifth best to win the national championship at plus 2,000. Um, to me, I only really feel like three teams have a chance to win the national championship, and it's the three teams with the best odds being Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. Um, if I were to bet, I would I would pick Ohio State just because I think they have just incredible receivers, a great quarterback, and there's just better value than picking Alabama. Yeah, um pulling it up right now. Definitely. I don't know. Maybe even just looking at what I'm saying, A&M kind of jumps out at me a little bit on this list as like a possible value play there. Kind of just scrolling through here. I feel like USC is really high on this list. Yeah. Six. That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, Obviously a ton of hype. We talked about it, but the sixth, Highest team in terms of odds are tied for the sixth highest with with A and M though A and M has made a ton of strides tied for fifth but yeah yeah tied for fifth there we go um but yeah Georgia Ohio State Alabama the usual suspects and then again that huge drop off but that's just college football right it's always kind of a three team race by the time it gets down to it so. Um, I don't know. I think A&M is interesting there. We'll see what happens with that. But 
Um, I'm looking for Arizona State so I can place my bet. I know. I uh, I scrolled all the way down there. Oh, there it is. Where they are in terms of ranked, but they are plus fifty thousand. Uh, in the same in the in the same likes of Utah State, SMU, UAB, Illinois, Northwestern, Florida State. <laughs> We're in the same level as Florida State, so I guess we got and, that going for us. And Oregon State. Yeah. So. Oregon you State, just said Rutgers. Back well. So. Yeah, if you if you if you bet one dollar on ASU winning the national championship, and they do, you'll be rich, or you'll be somewhat rich. But well, you'll have five hundred dollars. Yeah. So, which is five hundred dollars that you didn't have before. Exactly. But you will never have. Connor, uh, you definitely. I could tell you didn't really like that USC was in the. Uh, so high in the national championship betting odds. Um, yeah. What stands out to you about the list? I think that's just a case of the public betting a lot of money on them, so the books had to move their odds down. Right. But really, on paper, that's not I – mean, would you say they were tied for fifth highest? That's not a top fifth with A&M, who beat Alabama. not a top five team. I would – I mean, I'm not sure which book offers this. Probably someone overseas – I would rather bet on USC not to finish inside the top 15 nationally than yeah. having a shot to finish number one. I just, I'm not buying it that this season. Um, I love Texas A&M this year. I don't know if I like them for a title future just because they'll probably have to face another SEC team in the semifinals or national championship game. But yeah. I got him for the SEC title today, actually, at big plus plus sixteen hundred, okay. which is kind of value. It could be one of those teams that wins the SEC championship and then loses to Alabama or Georgia once they get into the playoff. But yeah, I really like Texas A&M. Do not like USC. I, yeah, it's weird because I don't have an inherent USC bias, but I just think they're being overrated this year. Oh, they totally are. They, yeah. Okay. They, I'm glad you're with me. Yeah. I mean, their defense just didn't improve that much this offseason, you know? And their defense was really, really bad last year. So, as we saw Can when we ASU talk? played. Sorry for interrupting you. I know you're the host of this thing. <laughs> about Can time we... I get some respect on this show. Yeah. Can about we talk time. about a USC adjacent team? Kind of connected even though they're on the other side of the country. I like Pitt. Even though they lose Jordan Addison, they bring in Keaton Slovis okay. to replace Pickett. They've got perhaps the best defense outside of Georgia in the country. They've got a pretty, pretty easy schedule. Mark, I don't... No, I believe I, you. I believe you. I just It's in, in, interesting knowledge. Yeah, what, what are they at to win the national title right now? To win the national title, Pittsburgh, um, they are at, um, they are at plus, um, plus 17,500. Love it. 500. So they're right in between Michigan State and Louisville. 
Yeah, I already bet them to win the ACC, so I don't know if I'm going to double down on a title one, but that's a, that's okay. a good number. Okay. Plus, plus twelve hundred to win the ACC. I like that. I feel like that's a better bet than the national championship, but yeah, I you know Connor, I think has inspired me to go through and just throw some action on conference winners. I usually hate futures because I'm impatient and I'm terrible at gambling. Um, I like to bet live dog lines and lose all my money. So, but right now I think I, I have a fresher perspective and now I'm looking at some of these conferences and it, it, I think I'm going to do it. And I think I'm going to watch college football through a new lens this year. I'm really excited about this. So yeah. One way to do it. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds uh, like well, you would enjoy Jake Paul's new website. Ooh, I haven't heard about this. What's Jake Paul's new website? It's like micro betting. So you microdose? Like, yeah. Nice. So you bet on like the next play and you know your result within five seconds. Ooh, that see that's more my speed. I noticed on DraftKings they do um results of the next pitch. <laughs> is it gonna be a <laughs> that strike? Is crazy. Yeah. It's like is it gonna be a strike? Is it gonna be a ball? Is it gonna be a hit? And hit is always oh. plus eight hundred. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So if you predict which pitch the hitter actually hits, it's a pretty nice payout. But I think that's, like, even too micro for me. Yeah. I just get very um, impatient, and I make very rash decisions when there there's money in my, my betting account. So, But I do like these futures things. Maybe it's time I slow it down a little bit. I stop yeah. and smell the roses, if you will. Right. Um, and then one more future kind of topic to get to before we get to ASU stuff related to gambling is the Heisman winner. Um, so right now, CJ Stroud is atop the list at plus 175. Bryce Young plus 350 is in second place. Caleb Williams plus 750. Alabama defensive end, defensive end slash linebacker Will Anderson 1500. And then you've got Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma quarterback, Jameer Gibbs, Bama running back, and Bijan Robinson, Texas running back, uh, each tied for fifth at plus 2,000 each. Um, Connor, which of these Heisman futures kind of sticks out to you? I I don't want to be a bad guest, but I don't have a play here. I <laughs> I don't want to bet on the Heisman winner. <laughs> like I'm all, I'm all for people wanting to bet on whatever they want to, but I'm going to elect not to bet on the Heisman winner. If gun to my head, I would say CJ Stroud has the best okay. chances, but it's such a hard bet to make in August. Yeah. I would say if you really want to do it, it'd be perhaps more valuable in like October, early November. So many things can happen. How many times have we seen someone go off in week two or week three? They win the September Heisman. Right. And then they're nowhere near New York in November. So I I'm not betting this one. I feel that. I feel that. Colton. Yeah, I wanna I wanna see how often somebody from like even the top three Maybe last year with Bryce Young might be an exception, but I feel like so often 
there's always a dark horse guy that comes out of nowhere and wins the Heisman or at right. least like a finalist, whatever it may be. Um, I'm pretty sure nobody had Aiden Hutchinson on their bet slip in August to even be a finalist. If you could bet on five, whatever. Um, or the year Joe Burrow won it. He, yeah. I don't even think he was on the preseason list. I remember one year there was, uh, Tua or Trevor Lawrence. I think this was the year Burrow won it. It was Tua or Trevor Lawrence and then the field. Yeah. And the field was actually Tua and Trevor Lawrence. I'm pretty sure were actually favored. So two guys were favored to win over every other player in college football. So I, Kind of what Connor said is you see this this play specifically gets so overvalued with preseason favorites that it's just not even worth looking at it in late August, early September. Um, I don't know. If you want to go all the way down and bet your favorite team's quarterback or whatever, that's probably the best way to do it. Um, if you enjoyed, you know, setting your money on fire. It's basically playing the lottery, so do what you want to do with it. But I I will also be going nowhere near it. I still have not been able to find the odds. I'm still working on the Bet Rivers interface. This is not an indictment of Bet Rivers functionality. Um, in any way, shape, or form, I searched Heisman, didn't find anything. I think it's uh, the second on the college football page. Um, but. but anyway, I'm sure it's CJ Stroud, and uh, I'm obviously blanking on all the names. Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Yeah, I, when's the last time somebody went, uh, back to back? Is it somebody really obvious that I'm just like, no, it's, them? uh, it was, it, Archie Griffin, he was an Ohio State running back. He okay, wanted, so that, it was either in the 80s or 70s. Um, okay, so that answers my question. So yeah. Bryce Young is in, automatically out for me. Um, I'd probably go with Connor and just go CJ Stroud. If you're gonna bet a preseason Heisman, you might as well just go chalk or bet your favorite team's quarterback and, Hope right. for a miracle, but yeah, pretty, pretty, oh, I can't talk. Probably no lean here for me either. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, speaking of, um, finding and finding a diamond in the rough in the Heisman, Emory Jones, ASU starting quarterback is on the list very far down at plus 25,000 to win wow. the Heisman. So it There's is possible. Your dark horse. There's your dark yeah. horse. Uh, one actual, Somewhat dark horse I like is Ohio State receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. Um, Fun to say. You've seen a receiver win it recently with uh, Devontae Smith, so well, I think I think JSN is that good. So, but yeah, that that game against Utah in the Rose Bowl was otherworldly. Yeah. So there's your Heisman talk. Um, now. We'll see. I don't know what you're looking at. Right, hang on. Football futures. Give me one sec. I just want to look at the names, too. Hang on. It's like it's functionality, man. I swear. It's the website. <laughs> uh, okay, never mind. Just move on. I can't find it. For sure. All right. Well, uh, on to ASU and their odds. So we talked about where they would be in terms of winning the conference. They have very low odds in the Pac-12, but what about their win total? So a lot of places have it set at five, five and a half. Um, Bet Rivers has it exactly at six. Over six plus 110, under six 
minus 139. Uh, if you listen last week, you would know that Colton would pick this to be go over because you have them going seven and five. I would have it being a push because I have them at six and six. Connor, if you were to bet ASU over under six wins, which direction are you going in? You said the over is plus 110? Yeah. Then I'd go over because I have them at six and six. So. You have them at six Absolutely and six, too? Plus money. Hey, no yeah. harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. I feel that. It's always nice to have that push option. No, you get your money back. I always buy the hook, man. I live dangerously. Yeah. <laughs> that that burnt us last week. Oh, that was that was one of the more crushing defeats I think I've ever had. I've learned that like my night obviously I'm just like an insufferable person to be around for the rest of the night, but the second I wake up the next day, it's like you gotta have short term memory, man. You gotta be like an NFL corner as a gambler, flush. dude. Next play. Next play. Next play. Um, 1-800-GAMBLER, call it if you need it. Yes, that's important. Um, Mark, we took the Bears-Seahawks over, and it <sighs> lost by half a point because the Seahawks couldn't get into the end zone at the end. Yeah. Dude, not um, only... I recommend not don't only. taking Seahawks overs this year. They're gonna be, there are going to be a lot of times where they struggle to get into the end zone. So, so. so not only did it stay under by half a point, uh, Seattle recovered the onside kick. And then um, former Washington quarterback, whose name escapes me. Jacob Eason. There you go, Jacob Eason. Marches the most inspired, meaningless drive I've ever seen in my life. It was <laughs> it was poetry in motion until uh, he decides to throw, throw the ball up to um, Eagle legend J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, and he drops another touchdown, which is what he was famous for on the Eagles. Um, then a touchdown is called back. Seattle has what? What was it? Like five or six plays within the five. Does not score. And it stays under by half a point. Game also fe- uh, featured a missed field goal that would have pushed us over. So very, very, very crushing. Um, but I dusted myself off and I got right back after it because that's what you should do. Uh, 1-800-GAMBLER. You guys have watched more Seahawks preseason than uh, than I have this year. Well, we're glad for preseason first downs, Mark. You do. You know you do. Yeah, totally. No. Um, what are you going to do with your Wilson jersey? Are you going to take Wilson off? And I already have it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going. Uh, the only thing I might do with it is, if you guys know rookie Seahawks cornerback uh, Tariq Woolen, I might, um, he's number 39, I believe, so I might like duct tape a nine to the side, and then Woolen has six letters just like Wilson does, so I can just duct tape the middle, uh, and take out the I L S O and replace it with uh, two O's and L and an E, and then it's Woolen and Wilson, so. That's very creative of you, Mark. I hope he makes the team. So that you can do that. <laughs> I hope so too, because he's supposed to be good. Um, Anyway, circling back to ASU football, uh, Connor, you mentioned they go six and six. Uh, most people are predicting that to be above average for ASU this year. Who do you have them? Do you like have them uh, beating like gone through the schedule and have them beating specific teams? And if so, uh, how do you have their season playing out? You want me to just rattle off the wins here? Sure. <laughs> 
I'll go northern Arizona, eastern Michigan, Colorado, UCLA, Washington Ooh. State, Oregon State. Oh, okay. Interesting. So we, we both – the one game we agreed that ASU just has no chance of winning Colton and I was the game at Wazoo. Uh, I, I don't like Wazoo this year. You you don't? Okay. I would right. – I love that. I don't know what their win total is. Four and a half? Uh, at five and a half, I saw. So. Oh, shoot, under. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think there's a stretch for ASU. It's like October 29 to November 19, four games – think they could win all four in a row, catch fire, save Herm's job. Yay! Um, Yay! Yeah, six and six sounds about. Yeah, yeah. This does this does feel like a team that's definitely good enough to go to a bowl game, but not much better than that. So back to school. Yeah. Hey Connor, let me pick your brain real quick. Who do you have winning Conference USA? I I wasn't prepared for this one. Uh, I I don't even know who's in the CUSA anymore. It changed yeah, they've been, six months. They've been affected by conference realignment a lot. Um, Let me, we got we got UAB uh, back from the dead. UAB and UTSA yeah. at the top of the conference at plus one seventy five, and then the drop off is pretty steep. Western Kentucky's at plus seven hundred. So it looks like it's a two-man race between UAB and UTSA there. I don't know, man. Just something to think about. UAB's fun because, like you said, they were dead, and now they're still playing football somehow. And then, yeah, UTSA, really good last year. I like UTEP maybe as a dark horse. They're always fun to watch playing in – 70,000 seat stadium around like a thousand fans. <laughs> That's for the real sickos. Some UTEP after dark. That's some CBS like that. Sports Network stuff oh, right yeah. there. Uh, but no, I would say that's pretty chalky. I, th- I know you're trying to catch me off guard, but I would go chalk UAB or UTSA. All right, nice. I just know that you're the best, so I wanted to make sure like you uh-huh. could rattle something off. Um, and you can, you pass. So I didn't know there was a school called Charlotte in the Conference USA. So I learned something yeah, on they're this. They're owned by Michael Jordan. Oh, nice. That's it's really cool. <laughs> Running back Lamelo Ball. Have you seen Charlotte's uniforms? Uh the, the school Charlotte or the basketball team? I believe it's the school. The Charlotte Forty okay. ers uniforms. Charlotte 49ers, that's what they're called? Yeah. Oh, okay. Connor, what's so interesting about these? I don't... They they used to use an abbreviation. Oh. <laughs> that's great. I like the... Uh, <laughs> I like the little, like, pick. Pick is That looks very cool. Um... Definitely an unfortunate abbreviation. I don't know how that was approved. Uh, Mark, is there a seven-second delay on this podcast? Um, maybe. I don't think anybody knows what the abbreviation is. We haven't read it, so we're we're good there. Um, they have picks on their helmets. We have forks on our helmets. 
All about getting the utensil headwear. Um, so one last thing to, <laughs> to wrap up this episode is I wanted to take a look at some of the individual statistical leaders from ASU last year and kind of play the over-under game with you guys and see if that number that they put up last year will be surpassed this year. So we're going to start with Jaden Daniels. Um, he threw for 2,380 yards last year, which is not that much at all. Um, and t- 10 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. Oh, it's so, not great. Yeah. Um, I'll just, Colton, I'll start with you. Do you think Emory Jones or whoever is the starting, uh, whoever it, you know, in the quarterback room, uh, do you think anyone will be able to surpass, uh, 2,380 yards passing this year over under. Um, I feel like that number is pretty low. Um, especially, I feel like most teams in college football want to throw the ball or at least be complimentary on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen ASU's strength be the run game, and I think that's going to continue to be the case regardless of the offensive turnover uh, from the coaching standpoint. I think they're still going to try to rely on the run game, but hopefully they can be a little more complimentary. Um, I think Jaden Daniels left a lot on the table last year. Just watching him play, you saw him miss throws high, um, missed a couple of wide open guys who could have gone for touchdowns. There was a lot of missed opportunities. So if we're seeing that floor a little higher with a, a guy like Emory Jones, who has played for a while, played in the SEC, we've gone in about all of this on, on recent podcasts, but I think Emory Jones has the makings. Um, maybe he's not exceptional. Maybe he doesn't blow anybody away. But if we're talking about a mark this low and he just plays consistent, high floor football, complements the run game, he should easily surpass this number, I think. Yeah. Connor? I've got Paul Tyson throwing for at least 3,000. So. Wow. So does that mean you're predicting an injury to every Jones? No, no, no. I think they're both going to shine. I think there might be a lot of garbage time available for Tyson. Ooh. Um, no, just echoing what Colton said, Emory's got that SEC experience. I'm really excited to see him in a Sunday uniform. I watched a little of Florida last year and was impressed with him. Um, yeah, I – like you were touching on, not going to be tough to beat out Jaden's numbers from last year. What do you think about Jaden this year over or under at well, LSU? Well, it if, depends if he gets named the starter. Um, well, there officially yet. Didn't it the backup quit football? No. Yeah. So, but it's – I think I think he quit because they, they told him that he was going to be third. And so it's still Jaden and this other guy competing. Um. But I mean, I I think Jaden Daniels will start, and he'll he'll do better than he did last year. Like last year was so there was just clearly so much dysfunction, and even if he like, even if he's like halfway in between what he was last year and what he was his freshman year, um, he'll still put up better numbers than he did in twenty twenty one. Yeah, three thousand is like insanely low. Yeah, I think in, in modern football, that's yeah. like. Yeah, that's so like for, a, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so for reference, last year Emory Jones of Florida threw for two thousand seven hundred thirty-four yards, so that's almost four hundred yards more. Um, 
And Emory, like Emory Jones wasn't like a great quarterback last year. Like he was good, but he wasn't great. And even then 400 yards more, 19 touchdowns. So that's almost double of what Jaden threw. And then he did have 13 interceptions. So that's more than Jaden as well. Those um, were not him. Uh, so I'd imagine, um, he is higher than Jaden in passing yards, passing touchdowns and interceptions from last year. So. Um, I think the next interesting one comes here is last year Rashad White led ASU with 1,006 rushing yards. Um, do we think that an individual Sun Devil rushes for over 1,000 yards and beats Rashad White's record? Because you could say Valaday, but maybe they're splitting carries with him and uh, Ngata, So, What was... What was, did uh, Rashad White's all-purpose yards look like? I'm trying to find that. All-purpose? I think, um, I think that would be one that validate. Yeah, I should have looked that one up. But. Here, I'm trying to pull it up right now. But in terms of rushing yards, I think just straight-up carries, um, it's going to be very split between validate and uh, Nagata. So I'm not entirely sure if somebody's – a 1,000 feels like kind of a low number. Um, I mean, but Rashad White rushed for 91 a game, hit a thousand yards. Um, I don't know. I think we might see something like, cause you're, I'm looking at DeMonte Trainum here, Daniel Ngata. Uh, let's see, 56 carries for Ngata, uh, 78. That's more than I remember. DeMonte like. Trainum. So I think we might see something a little closer to like 850 and like, 650, 700, something like that. I don't think you're going to see in a thousand yard rusher. There might not be a bell cow, but I think you're going to see more complimentary, um, running between two running backs. I think so that that margin isn't going to be as wide, but the, the highest total isn't going to be as high. So I would lean under here. Uh, Rashad White was kind of a bell cow for them last year. Um, 182 attempts to train him 78. Uh, that was kind of his backfield. Obviously, yeah. they switched him up a little bit, gave him a blow every now and then. But um, I don't know. I th- I see a much closer split between Valade and Ngata, and I think that's why I'm going to lean under on the leading rusher. I'm trying to find Connor. I would lean under. Like Colton was saying, just because of the splitting time aspect. But Valaday did have 2,000-yard-plus seasons at Wyoming. A lot of good rushing defenses he was going up against in the Mountain West. So he's going to be tight. I don't know which book is offering <laughs> this, right. this question. And I, I don't know if I would take it. The mob. Not an official book. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, yeah, very close. Uh, I'm excited to see what Valaday brings to the table. I think yeah. could be an X factor for Arizona yeah. State this season. Um, I think Valaday, if there was a way to take Valaday's all purpose yards, I mean, Daniel Ngata is not, he caught what, I'm looking at this right now. He caught, uh, what is that, four passes last year for 29 yards. Trainum caught four for 19. I mean, Rashad White caught 43 for 456. So there's a big share of the passing game for one of these running backs to step up and take. 
Um, obviously, based on Gata's numbers and receiving last year, that might not be him. And if it's Valade, you could see him put up some pretty pretty significant all-purpose yardage numbers. Yeah. So I would take the over because I do trust Valade to uh, rush for over a thousand yards this year. Um, he has a lot of experience, like Connor mentioned, two thousand plus years in col in college at Wyoming, and also in 2020 in the COVID year, Wyoming played five games, but he had 550 yards and four touchdowns in those five games. So there's a chance maybe that Valde, like he gets a huge percentage of his yards early on in the season when they're playing NAU in Eastern Michigan. Um, so I think that they will I, – I think that he'll go over, um, and in part just because ASU is going to run the ball because Herm Edwards plays old man football. So um, that has to be taken into account as well. Um, next up, we have Ricky Pearsall, who led all the receivers with 580 receiving yards. Do we think someone goes over that this year or under? Chad Johnson Jr. It's that would be awesome. Oh. 580 yards is like that's 44 per game. That's that's what his average was last year. This passing offense was just horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> like looking, yeah. Looking at these numbers, it's like how. I, I mean, it makes sense that they stalled out so often last year. They're, I mean, they had to live and die by the run game. And when you're, I mean, if you can't throw the ball to get back into games and at least steal momentum back, like, it's going to be tough. I mean, I don't see how, it, it goes back to what we saw with Jaden Daniels, too. The bar has already been set so low by the guys from last year in this passing game that, I mean, I would be shocked if both of those numbers aren't exceeded by, like, a significant margin. Yeah. Something by I, – I, I mean, even something around 700 yards for a receiver is still beating last year's mark by 120. Right. You know, I think, I think everybody was so devastated by Ricky Pearsall leaving and stuff, and it's I think that was just kind of because – he was the only guy who ever made plays as a yes, receiver. Yeah, right? yeah. But he's not he's not necessarily like it's not like Jordan Addison transferring right. to USC, you know what I'm saying? It's just like he was the the best out of a terrible room. Um a, a room of guys who didn't really live up to the billing from that that uh that class, I think it was last year and the, the COVID year. But yeah, I mean I don't see how this mark isn't I mean, just shattered. 580 is so low for a receiver. So, yeah. Connor, what about you? I already said it. Chad Johnson Jr. We'll Chad go Johnson Jr. All right. <laughs> I, um, I'm not just saying that to be funny. I think if he gets on the field, he's going to show out. Can't wait to see it. I mean, All he right. was a highly touted recruit coming in. You know, sometimes guys take a bit to uh, develop. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think it'll get passed as well. Someone will have 600 yards. Um, the, the, the biggest question is who it's going to be. Um, the one guy I've seen mentioned at camp a lot is this D2 transfer, Charles Hall, uh, just by the beat reporters I follow. So 
Apparently he's a D2 guy, but I, hey, maybe he just comes out of nowhere and helps this team. Uh, that's a name to look out for. Um, Nothing wrong next with D2. I, hmm? Nothing wrong with D2. That's right. Uh, next stat I see here is tackles, but I don't really think tackles is really like a great stat. So what we're going to do well, instead. Also, it's, it's 80, right? Wasn't it so Ellie with like 80 something? So well. So well. So yeah. Well. You called him Soelli for like this entire show, and now all of a sudden, it's so well. No, no, it's Soelli. I said Soelli, and you said Soel. Oh. Well, I didn't mean to. I'm quitting the show. It's dead. Oh. <laughs> well, and your, uh, your lighting reminds me of like Zero Dark Thirty when they're doing oh. the rain. That's what that's what happens when I get in the lab. I go zero dark thirty, man. Yeah, can't be disturbed when we start mixing it up. <laughs> All right, we've got two more categories till we get out of here. BJ Green had five sacks last year. Does is there an individual player who uh, eclipses that this year? Connor or Colton? No. Okay. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. Know. If they do, it'll be like six or seven or something like that. But. Um, there won't be any uh, Terrell Suggs out there, and there won't be any Brock Suggs out there either. So, put it that way. No, no one named Suggs will lead the team in. No, we won't see any Suggs-based production this year. I don't think. It's early though. Tough to <laughs> say that definitively. I think one guy who has a chance to do that would be uh, Travis Moore, transferring from LSU. Last off season, um, he I think he injured himself um, early on last year, so we didn't see much of him. But he injured himself? Well, okay, he got injured. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong choice of phrase, right there. He, he he became injured early last year. Why is he injuring himself? He developed an injury. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. So, wait, yeah. Mark, who did you say? Who was your Travis Moore? Okay, he's probably in like the nineties. He's a D. Yeah, he had one sack last year, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, according to ESPN stats, so. Um, and then interceptions. This one is should be interesting because last year ASU had three individual players, uh, each record three picks. Two of those guys are going to be in the NFL. Uh, Darian Butler and Jack Jones each had three, but Merlin Robertson also had three. So does anyone surpass three interceptions this year for ASU? Um, You know, I think if anybody could do it, I'm looking at either Jordan Clark or um, the second half of Johnson & Johnson with Cam Johnson. Uh, Isaiah Johnson. I think those two guys would be the candidate to pull it off. I feel like three is kind of a lot. Um, so I don't know. This is another one that'll be close, but I think those two guys could. I think, um, I mean, Isaiah Johnson could. He, he was, he redshirted last year. He could kind of, we talked about him in a different episode, Mark. Yeah. Um, he could be a guy that really bursts onto the scene and has a big year. And if he does, I don't know. I don't think four picks is out of the question. So if anybody's going to do it, I think it'll either be him or um, uh, Jordan Clark. 
those are the two guys I have that could possibly beat it. Connor? Thank you, Mark. I'll take Merlin Roberts. Uh, I mean, like you said, three last year. Then, what, senior season this year? Yeah. One of the leaders on that defense. Yeah, I'll, I'll take four for Merlin. Yeah, apparently Merlin, apparently Herm Edwards was saying, like, he's he's in great shape. and He looks good. And, yeah. yeah. That's what Herm was saying. Well, I heard a quote that Herm said he should be on, like, magazines or yeah. something. So, <laughs> hyping up his own players. I love it. Uh, so, for, yeah. Uh, so, for reference, last year, the interception leader in the entire country was Oregon safety Verone McKinley. So, with six interceptions. So, usually, four would be a very, very good season. That would have been tied for 11th best in the country last year. Interestingly, someone who was tied for second is former Hawaii safety Corey Bethley, who is now on the Sun Devils when he had five interceptions last year. Is that so, BYU Hawaii? No, just regular Hawaii. Okay. Mahalo. Uh, yeah. He he had five picks last year with the Rainbow Warriors. Um, I'm bringing it up, but I, I don't think anyone's going to surpass three interceptions this year. I think that's just a really high bar to clear, especially with turnovers being kind of random anyway. So yeah. if you do find a sports book uh, slash – mob member to make these bets with. Uh, you can thank thank us for providing the guidance. Well, only if they win. Don't. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Don't blame us if they lose. We are not liable like, for your gambling bets. Yeah, I feel like for a corner to have a high number of interceptions, they have to be a somewhat bad corner. Does that logic check out? Yeah, like if, if, somebody, yeah. if somebody's like a lockdown corner, right? Like, you're not going to see Jalen Ramsey ever lead the NFL in interceptions because nobody's ever throwing to him. So, I don't know. I feel like if nobody surpasses that, obviously you want turnovers, but I don't know. Jack Jones was a good corner, but hopefully all of these guys blossom into people that quarterbacks don't want to throw at. Um, I mean, you want those turnovers up, but. I mean, there's a reason uh, Trevon Diggs had, what, seven picks last year? It's because he's a terrible corner. So you heard it here first. Most overrated player in the NFL. Unbiased commentary from Colton Dodson on the Dallas Cowboys. Get it here. Um, yes. Yeah, so I think that kind of wraps up Episode 8. Connor, thanks for joining us out of your uh, busy schedule. Um, I know the content right. lines are very demanding, so um glad you could join us. Thank you, boys, for having me on. Of course, he wore his finest attire, too, which is what I really like. Yes. Mark told me dress like an ASU fan. We have a very strict dress code on this podcast. I'm just glad if you I'm- came in clothes, Connor. That's all I could ask. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hang on. Let me do. Let me do the plugs real quick. Um, follow the podcast on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel to see our faces. Um, and see what Connor looks like. He's very handsome. Um, three, me and Mark are in a, a next level type of production 
um, with a fantasy football league that we're in. And we are live streaming our draft. It'll probably end up being rounds one through four. I will be hosting the draft alongside my stepfather, who has started a barbecue empire. Um, he will be hosting it with me, and we will be giving away free barbecue sauce. We will be doing promo codes all weekend. Um, and then there's going to be a gift basket giveaway if you make it through the entire thing, but I don't see how you couldn't. It's going to be must-see TV, streamed on Instagram Live, at Boston's Red Sauce, spelled exactly how it sounds, and then at FFL Dirty Dozen. That's FFL Dirty Dozen. Please tune in. Like I said, you won't want to miss it. Uh, you'll see Mark blow the number one pick. Um and you'll see me not pick until the third round because I sold my soul for my third straight title. Um, and that is it, I think, for plugs. Mark, you take it away. Well, I know you wanted to mention the uh, what we have, what we're gonna do, or what we're what we'll. What oh, we that's right. The, yeah, that's right. We have uh, some very big plans, some very special plans for the first game of the season. So we don't want to tip our hand too much. Um, we don't want to give anything away. We want you guys to show up and, and see what we are cooking up for you. Um, so I believe the first game is next Thursday, a week from tomorrow. You will, we'll probably talk about it on, we might have to move the episode schedule around a little bit next week, but you will hear from us possibly on a different medium. All right. Stay tuned to find out. All I think right. That's what we're yeah, tantalizing. No. Um, I'm a master of show. Can I plug my Twitter here? Is that yeah, a- please do, Connor. If you want more Connor content, follow at Connor Pelton 28 on Twitter. That's C O N N O R P E L T O N 28. I'd love to have you as a member of my following. Go get marooned on Bonner Island. That's the motto. Yes. It's Connor with an O-R, not with an E-R. Remember that. Yes. All right. Well, with that, that's going to wrap up Episode 8. Uh, thanks for joining in, and go Devils. Thanks for watching. Bye.